Hello. Hello, can you hear me okay? Hello, Willie Brown. Hello, Ashley Brown. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've got, I'm now sitting. I, I took a chair today instead of lying down because I'm being more serious. To support your old man body? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you hear me creak, you know what it is. Yeah. But hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode of Mouth of the Clyde, Midweek News. We didn't come last night following the leadership debate. We're going to, but we didn't have to say. We thought we'd just include it in today's episode. I'm sure you missed us greatly last night, but here we are anyway. We do have a, a good... I've got a good bit of stuff with you anyway, have you? I've got enough. I've got a good dandle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about anything stupid and whatever before we start, or do you like getting right in it? I want, I've got serious, serious news here, Ash. Remember oh, the, the Suez Canal? Some proper journalism today. Proper journalism. You know right. the Suez Canal thing? Yeah. Aldi will put out and saying that the mid, the mid aisles, the bit that you like, isn't going to have anything mm. on it for the next two to three weeks because it was stuck in the Suez Canal and they're very sorry. Oh. See, we're not going to have any like, tea towels or makeup or any stuff in the next couple of weeks. They're saying that the thirty nine ninety nine canvas airbed that people are looking forward to for the summer will be two weeks delay, and the, uh, the and the caravan stairs where they usually get for the the summer, mm-hmm. they will also have a delay. And I don't mean you both walk those aisles, and I really like doing that when we're bored. Um, so, can I say something just at the beginning of the show, please? Yes. Um, so, well, you know, I'm not telling you, but the listeners don't know. Well, they might know by now because I put it on Instagram. But tomorrow, we're going to be interviewing the Liberal Democrat candidate for Greenock and Inverclyde, Jackie Stoyle. We're going to be interviewing her tomorrow. Is that available for you next week to listen to and or read? Um, and we're also going to be um, interviewing the Labour candidate, Francesca Brennan. We have reached out to all the candidates and hopefully we'll get to interview them all for you and include them on the show. But so far, that's all that's got back to. So, so far, we've got in the bag Lib Dem and Labour. Um, and we just sort of let you get let you get to know them and, and see their policies and priorities and all that sort of stuff for the election coming up. So we'll have that coming for you soon. That's going to be super exciting and elections coming up. Um, and just bearing in mind as well that the deadline for registering to vote, if you're voting in person at a polling station, is um, next Monday the 19th, you must be registered by. If you're having somebody proxy vote for you instead of you going, it's the following week, Tuesday the 27th. And if you go on Mouse of the Clyde uh, bio on Instagram, you'll see the link that leads you to the place where you need to register. Or just if you type in Google yourself, you know, electoral register office or whatever, and you'll find it. Um, and there's also there's some good websites as well that I might share later. Um, it will tell you who's running in your area and where you can find polling places and stuff if, in case you don't know what yours is. And if you need some help, we've got information on our bio on Instagram about that. Um, and just at the start as well, if we can thank our sponsors at the Inverclyde Boiler Company. We love them, so I we do. We do. Boilers, boilers, boilers. I just I love the fact that we're sponsored by Boiler Company. And like and they've still got their spring competition as well. I would love to win the spring competition. I've told you about this, isn't it? It's, if you guys haven't entered... It's running until the 30th of April. You can find this on Instagram at the Inverclyde Boiler Company, or one word is their name on Insta. Um, you can find them there. This competition is running until Friday the 30th of April at 1pm. All you need to do is like the page, share the post, and comment the word beer in the comment box. And what you'll win is like a big Krups um, sort of beer decanter machine thing and four big refills of the Heineken like 
beer, whatever it's called thing, but it's like a massive prize. It's like a super expensive, like nice thing. It's really easy to enter. That's all you need to do is go over there. And I would love if one of your listeners won that. It'd be so cool. Um, so go over there and do that and support them because they're really, really nice people. They've been working all through lockdown. They've got a new premises that we've told you about at 1A Orange Field in Inverclyde and their contact number is 01475 503 Info at the Inverclydeboilercompany.co.uk is their email or their website is uk and they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're all over the place where you can find them easily enough. But that competition is super awesome and if you go on, there's actually a video that was put up yesterday um, by the owner, Shane, and you can see his lovely handsome face having a chat to you um, and talking to you about their new premises and what they've been up to and everything and like, it's just good on their Instagram because they stay in touch and see everything that's been going on. And we've told you as well that recently they've got their off-tech registration. Um, and that means that like to get that, you have to go through a massive vetting process, like with interviews, reference checks, site assessment, all that sort of stuff. It's really complicated. And to get that, that shows you the sort of like the cream of the crop sort of thing for, for boilers yeah. and like gas fitting and all that. So it, it ensures that you've got the best possible person coming into your house and doing the, the work and stuff like that. You're not going to have anything shady going on, any bad work going on. Yeah. You're going to have the best quality thing with them. So go on and support them. They're rated five star and trust pilot. They're local people lovely lovely and they always do like the best of work and they're going to have the showroom that you can go visit soon plus that competition so please go visit them and support them and tell them we sent you you're not going to get a discount or anything unfortunately but <laughs> they might give you a free biscuit or something because we're going to be going soon to their premises and we're going to do a live podcast from there shane's invited us over and we're going to take some pictures with him because i've requested to wear a hard hat and some high visit <laughs> equipment to make myself look like a boiler maker to go back to my roots because my dad's a boiler maker so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking so forward to annoying Shane, and he's gonna Shane's gonna regret sponsoring us because we're gonna be so annoying. So, but that's one of those things that you can pull your own client into. What? what I it's amazing. Own... You could like, it's, it's not massive. It's, it's like a good big size, but it's not huge. It's a, a good enough size. You can sit it on your kitchen counter, and it's got a wee lever that you pull down, and it will just like deal a fresh pint. And it's four big massive things you win with of the Heineken beer. So you just put the big barrel in, and you can like literally. Day in pint in your house. Like, imagine that for like the spring and summer, whether you have like, people over for a barbecue or whatever, you just want to like, have it yourself to enjoy it. I think that's such an awesome thing. I know they're hella expensive, so that'd be an awesome price to win. Oh, yeah. Would that be for one of your listeners to get that? What about one of us to get that? Like, I wouldn't mind pulling some pints. I'm I'm I terrible at pint pulling. I would love to win it. I would love to get my daddy, but I think it would probably be like a bit unethical if we were to win the, the prize from our sponsor. But if she wants to give us a prize, we would love that. Billy Brown might win it then. Billy I've, Brown will go in for it. I have entered. I doubt we're going to win, but I did enter it. <laughs> um, will we get into it? I've got the Greenock Telegraph here. Do you have the Inverclyde Now business? I will get the Inverclyde Now business up. But... I'll get started, though, because one of the things that we're going to start with today, we've actually done a poll for on um, House of the Clyde. It's only been answered by just over 20-odd people so far because I think some people are still at work and everything. But what's happened is... Our local MP, Ronnie Cowan, has been criticised, say the Greenock Telegraph, following the death of Edinburgh because he didn't put out a tributary post on social media. Other local politicians have, such as Stuart McMillan, Councillor Chris McElhaney and the Provost Martin Venon have all put tributes out um, for the announcement on Friday that the Duke of Edinburgh passed away. Ronnie Cowan did not um, make any sort of announcement or tributary thing to the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, and actually, two days ago, I went on his Twitter, I went on his Twitter to see if he had actually made amends to that. He hasn't put anything out on social media, but two days ago he did put a, a tweet out saying, quote, email this morning from the UK government with sincere apologies. This meeting will now need to be rescheduled as we have ended a period of mourning. Parliament is sitting, so I don't understand why this meeting has been cancelled. Extremely disappointing. Priorities, question mark, is what he put. So he was actually kind of pissed off that that things are being cancelled and put by due to this. Um, the Greenock Telegraph 
contact to Johnny Cowan's office if they'd like to make comment on that because they've got right to reply and stuff, obviously, with things like this. And the quote that they've sent is, he was born Prince Christian William Ferdinand Adolf George of Sloshwig Hines Sonderburg Glucksburg, a challenge for the registrar, but also a challenge for anyone born into such a position. <laughs> for many members of the royal families, their lives are mapped out for them from the moment they first draw their, their first breath. That is an honorous situation and that at times will be offset by a life of privilege and fortune. But these people are human beings with all their frailties that we all possess. Like most modern day royals, he made some series of gaffes and seemed unrepentant when he did. It's not a life I would choose for anyone. I don't for one minute think it was an easy one. It was co- it was complex, demanding, and at the same time totally removed from anything approaching normal. Having said that, the loss of a loved one is always difficult, and I would imagine his family would want time and space to grieve with his passing, without turning their personal loss into a modelling media event. Um, so that's the the response from Ronnie Cowan's office. We put a poll, as I said, on Mouse of the Clyde uh, Instagram to see if you guys thought that our MP should have passed further comment on that. 100% no, people don't believe that he should have passed comment on it. They think he was right to do what he did. So that's where the cookie crumbles. What do you think of that? I just don't see the point in it, but he just has to bend the knee because Queen is head of parliament, is she not? So let's, I mean, she comes in and opens technically it. he's boss. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I've got a story you're going to love. What have we got? You're going to love this. I actually wanted to come in and show you before the show, but I thought I would save it. Headline, Ghost Hunters Face Covid Fine. I have that open. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, I'm having it. I'm having it. <laughs> Ghost Hunters were spooked by- when police caught them in an abandoned building in Kilmacombe in the early hours of Monday. Officers responded to a report of several people gathered at the Dedalick Balrossi School. They found a group of eight and established they were from five different households and had travelled in ski cars from out with Inverclyde. The group said they were on a ghost hunting expedition. They were issued with fixed penalty notice for breaching COVID regulations and one woman was arrested on an outstanding apprehension warrant. Area Commander Paul Cameron said this was an irresponsible act which have resulted in harm or injury to themselves and also placed emergency services in danger. That is brilliant. I didn't know they were in an abandoned building up there. I, just, I would go ghost hunting. Why don't you go and check it out? Oh, another wee cool thing as well, if you guys shop at Morrison's, this week they're giving out a free gift of uh, sunflower seeds. They say to spread hope and lift spirits to their customers. So if you're in Morrison's, grab a wee pack of seeds, get some flowers, put it in your garden. Be cute. I like sunflowers. Can you eat those seeds too? Is that is that the same ones? I don't I know. I don't know if they need to be treated or something. I know the ones mm. I used to buy in America had like salt on them, so I don't know if they need to be treated in somewhere before you eat them. It's probably just a really expensive way to buy sunflower seeds. You could probably just buy the edible ones. Yeah. Um. There's high drama going on with the Greenock Jail because we we talked about this I think last year or something on a podcast. Obviously, we never done date then, but what's going on is the the prison in Greenock is like you guys know is 111 years old. It's super fucking old. It's now operating <laughs> at a fraction of its capacity after scores of cells were declared unfit for human habitation. As revealed by the Telegraph today, the news comes just four months after we told of plans to replace the decaying Edwardian structure have been shelved until at least 2026, despite £8 million being spent on a, on a proposed site in 2011. Inverclyde councillor Stephen McCabe spoke with shock at the state of the jail and demanded urgent action by the Scottish prison services. Currently, 40 cells out of a total of 249 at HMP Gateside are out of commission and there is no indication when from prison chiefs as to when the jail will be fully op- operational again. It means that only 188 inmates are able to accommodate, be accommodated out of a normal capacity of 242. 
Councillor McCabe said, I'm shocked to hear about the poor state of repair of Greenock Prison. These issues must be addressed as a matter of urgency by the Scottish Prison Service. They also highlight once again the need to replace this prison with a new one fit for the 21st century. I mean, that's insane that, like, unfit for human habitation. What is it like in there? I, I don't know. I've always went past that. I've never, have you ever been in? No, I've never been in. 111 uh, years I'm old. Mean- like, to see the yeah. structure, like, it doesn't look that old. Like, uh, to look at the building, I'd have thought it was, like, 70s, maybe, maybe a bit older, but I wouldn't have thought 111 yeah. years old. I wouldn't... Uh, well, that's I another thing about Police Scotland also. Remember the other day I was talking about the girl that was arrested on the roadside um, because she was, I think, underage. She shouldn't have been driving anyway, but she was under the influence of drugs, and we spoke about the drugs, the roadside drug testing and what that involves. Yeah. Well, it's pro- chances are that Rufus is probably going to get raided by Police Scotland, I'd imagine, because I actually phoned Police Scotland to follow up on this and ask the question of what the drug side, the roadside drug test involves. And what they told me is that it's different for each area. Um, the officers in, in each sort of area have different procedures for that. What we would need to do is look on the Police Scotland website for that procedure, which I have done, and it wasn't there. Um, but it, it seems to be pretty under wraps. They don't really want to talk about it. I did ask if they had an in-house phlebotomist that completed the the blood test if they take somebody in. Again, they didn't want to answer that. Whether they brought a nurse in or they completed themselves. So I did make efforts to try and find out for you guys. So I'm very sorry. If you wanted information on that, you need to, I guess, wait until somebody's arrested for doing that and you can ask them what the procedure was because Police Scotland don't want to tell us. But there's a chance that our house could get raided for unauthorised drugs because I was just asking them, would he's actually date to find out if people were on drugs and you pull them over so they probably think we're trying to go or something so if we disappear one week contact police scotland what do you think it is do you have any ideas what they would do you think i think they would like do certain things that like look at your eyes and see if they're dilated they'd probably have you like do some like you know the things that you see they, they get them to do a balance test and stuff like that maybe some like, just general questions to see if you're thinking clearly and i don't know i would feel them <clears> it would be different if it was weed or if it was like coke or whatever and like coke's pretty prevalent in this area and stuff like that like a lot of people were on it and everything so how would you be able to tell us somebody's on coke other than the fact they were like probably super thirsty just ask them a question see how long they want to talk for or that's a good one or or play bits and pieces and see if they want to dance get a torch and look up their nostril because there's always going to be some sort of residue Anyway, let's not, talk about... <laughs> let's not talk about this. Um, another one for Inverclyde Royal Hospital. A man who went on a foul-mouthed rant and demanded immediate medical attention at Inverclyde Royal Hospital could be placed on an electronic tagging order for the offence. Robert Crombie, 42, also made threats of violence during the incident in February 2019. He'd also been charged with attempting to headbutt a police officer, but his not guilty plea to this allegation was accepted by the Crown. Sentence on Crombie, whose address I'm not given, has been deferred until May 5th for a background report and tagging assessment. So I guess he just showed up at the, the Inverclyde and just was like, look at me! It's probably said on that wee, on the wee screen, like, four hour wait, and he's like, I'm, Aye, I'm not waiting. he just went wait. nuts, as we've seen. Um, and you know the guy Thomas Ferns, that does the West Coast Waste? Like the, the, yeah. Like, tipping? Um, so an article about him, a businessman has blasted the disgusting level of fly tipping sweeping Inverclyde and warned that the high cost of disposing of commercial waste locally could be fueling it. His name's Thomas Ferns. I'm sure you've seen him on social media and stuff. He actually does quite a lot. I think on his free time, he actually goes and picks up this waste. Um, and his van, is, his business is called West Coast Waste. Um, you can look him up online. Um, Thomas49, who recently started on the farm, said... Inverclyde is one of the most expensive places in the country to dispose of waste. It costs £92 for half a tonne. 
businesses have to pass that on to customers to stay competitive people need to go out of the area but what is happening now is that the waste is just getting dumped it's outrageous to see what happens i really think we need to look at this again and um, we believe that council could cut fly tipping at a stroke by reassessing its charging scheme but the local authority does not agree uh sorry excuse me an Inverclyde Council spokesperson said there's simply no excuse for fly tipping and no excuse for not disposing of waste properly and responsibly. It's illegal, antisocial and has a detrimental impact on the environment. Businesses have a legal obligation and duty of care to recycle and dispose of trade waste responsibly via a licensed waste carrier. We provide trade waste services to support local businesses. Not all councils have such services. Our rates are comparable with other parts of Scotland, but businesses are free to seek the services of registered commercial or private waste operators should they choose to do so. Fly tipping is a blight on our communities, etc. etc. You can report fly tipping via <clears throat> um, Dumb Dumpsters helpline on 0842 230 4090 or phone up the council on 717171 um, and, and phone up and report that. That's crazy. That's one of the most expensive in Scotland. And like what I'll say, I I've been saying this for about like probably about a month now. I've been saying it. I would say don't quote me on that, but it seems like a long time that like outside of being um like sort of behind the court building in Greenock, there's like a big massive mattress and I think like a chair from a little like, living room suite and like I think bags of rubbish and it's been sitting there for a hell of a long time. It just like sitting in the middle of the town centre. You think they didn't remove that? There's a mattress sitting down at the stairs, look on the kind of cutway if you were going to Aldi from. You know oh, what really? I'm talking about? Aye, like just behind yeah, the old, old place where the wedding used to take place. Yeah. Aye. God, nope. I didn't... Like, aye, it's just... And I know it was like bad during lockdown and stuff like that, but it's kind of community now. But I guess if, it, if it's costing £92 for half a tonne, people have not got to take the money. You not remember when... Like, when the first lockdown broke in the queues at Binney Street? Oh, remember yeah. Remember they had to, like, stop people because the people were just in their house and they were just tidying? Mm-hmm. So, at Binning Street had to, they had to like stop people because the queues were all the way up to Capelo. That's crazy. Um, I was going to move on to the Herald now, unless you want to go ahead first and try to cover something. Let me have a little um, break. Yeah, there were a boy. I, I just for your father Ted sort of humor. There were a boy arrested on Binning Street on Sunday for being in possession of a brick in the police oh, chief inspector of the area Paul Cameron wants to safeguard police from this is an absolute priority that uh, antisocial behaviour has been on the rise since lockdown and they want parents to know where their children are and not to be out causing trouble well, so like they put on about... more additional patrols sorry, sorry. sorry, it's like we spoke about last Wednesday evening on our show we had um, like young kids on our, our street last Tuesday night, and we live in Greenock Town Centre, like just on uh, West Stewart Street, we had like young kids out here, it must have been, I don't know, 18, 19 sort of ages, a big group of eight of them, and they're waiting their way up West Stewart Street towards the bus stop, the car outside that was belonged to somebody in the flat next to us, they were kicking the wing mirrors of this car, the bins had been sitting outside because the following morning was bin collection day, they were kicking, the, this, with one boy in particular, it wasn't all of them, it was one boy, it was kicking the bins so much so that the next day there was like the lids had fell off the bins and we phoned out Police Scotland and they came out and looked at it and stuff like that and like because I was worried about the guy, like, I didn't want to be a grass and stuff like that but I was worried about somebody's car being damaged because that's the last thing you need, like it's happened to us before and it's really shady um, but Police Scotland came out and like, looked at it and just kind of walked away like they were now after about it so but like I had got a video and stuff on my phone because I was just worried about this person's car like I was going to just let them go because they were making noise and everything but when they started damaging other people's stuff I was like no, no I'm not having that. They were kicking windows and stuff too. 
Right, so it's like I understand <laughs> that like kids want to do it and they're bored and stuff like that, but there's like you can't be behaving like that and like especially people in your community and stuff like that. People are grafting, people are trying to go on as best they can. If you're gonna go out and mess up people's cars and stuff, that's gonna cost your neighbours and your community and stuff more money. That's not nice. Like it just, just don't do that sort of stuff. Like it's just not nice. Just don't be a horrible person and be destructive. Like do something positive. And if you want to go out and sit and drink with your mates, do it. We used to do it. Go to a park and sit and drink and like I don't know, practice wrestling moves and dive about. Do damage to yourself. Don't be messing up people's cars and stuff. People are like grafting and working and they've got bills to pay. They don't need extra stuff that we fannies are adding by kicking their cars. I'm just not having it. And if I see you will grass on you, they don't care if you call me a grass. Whatever, I'll be a grass. I I see the wheelie bin I get kicked over, but when I took Max out later, I picked it up because I hate Aye. wheelie bins. I hate just the mess of it and look. And because that's not nice as well, I, because the council is not going to replace that bin, and to replace it yourself, it costs hella money. Like I've seen them in B and Q, they're really expensive to buy a new bin, and you're just not going to do that. So you're going to have a broken bin, and like in our street, they're always getting blown over by like wind and stuff like that because it's pretty exposed. So it's going to be like dangerous. And we're going to end up with like rubbish over the street and get rats and stuff. Like I'm just not having it. The like, destructive wee fannies. Yeah. You know what annoyed me the most about the bin, though? Mm. Because the police were out, seen the bin lying down and just went, that bin's been kicked over, then got back in the car and left. They didn't even pick it up. They and what you were doing also, when that boy, when that group was up there, the boy that was kicking all the stuff, is one boy in particular, and not only that, he was hitting his girlfriend also. He went up to where the bus station was, and there's bollards in the middle of the street that light up. He was kicking them really hard, and they were like, moving around. They were swiveling because of how much that he was like damaging them. But anyway, let's move on from this. Nah. You can fight um, Neds later, Ash. Yeah, I can go back later on. But don't be doing that stuff outside my house because I will grass on you. You can call me super grass all you like. I don't care. It's better than you try to fight them. Well, like, honestly, I was going to go down and see when he started hitting the girlfriend. I was going to go downstairs and get into it. But to be honest, she was knocking 60 shades of shit out of him. Like, she was handling the, the situation. She did not need my help for anything. Like, she was fine. Yeah, I'm more frightened of five, five lassies than... um. No, I used to be honest, Ash, especially in this yeah, tune. That's wise. Um, would you like me to go into something, or have you got something for us? Oh, no, that's everything I can see that you covered pretty much everything on Inverclyde now. Did work. All right. Without even being on Inverclyde now. All right. Um, so I'll just touch on this briefly. You probably know this already. Um, as of Friday, travel restrictions are being lifted across mainland Scotland, um, and tourists are allowed to head to the islands within two weeks. And Nicola Sturgeon says she was extremely confident in the, the, the decline in the virus cases would enable the route map out of lockdown to proceed as scheduled. Um, However, there's an unexpected blow as it emerged that alcohol cannot be served indoors in restaurants, bars and cafes until at least mid-May. So that's going on. And I don't really understand it. I was speaking to Bryce about this last night. I don't understand it because, like, the, taking my own household for an example, one person in this household has had their first vaccine but two of the other people in this household have not had any whatsoever. So if we were to go out and start mixing again, the likelihood is that, you know, we'd, we'd be at a higher risk to be exposed to it. And, like, the other day that I was using, for example, so now yesterday but the day before, I think there had been four COVID deaths and I think 220-something cases in the past 24 hours, so, like, over Monday, Tuesday, I think it was. Um, so just using that for an example, if that's the case when we're all in our house and we're all distancing, what's it going to be when we go back outside again? It's going to like, increase rapidly. It really concerns me. And I understand people want out and the government want out and stuff and they feel comfortable, but I really don't feel comfortable. And I don't think I'll be doing it until my whole family's vaccinated. Like, I I just would feel more comfortable. I'm just going to stay home, I think, and like, just be careful until all of us have got our vaccine. How do you feel about it? Am I being over the top? Uh, no, not at all. Like, you're... You are concerned because you have issues that if you get it, 
you'll die. Like you're not someone that's going yeah, to end got, up like oh, I'm not well. I'm going to like yeah. So look, that's how we look. That's how you are we a bit more serious about it. But other people's like oh that's three weeks after after work or you'll die. Like that's, yeah. That's the rest. That's the rest of time after work. Yeah. So I've not. I've not had mine yet, and I'm almost forty. And Bryce's not had. Like, I don't even know when they'll get to us. Like, we'll get probably September, I think, July. Um, on COVID as well, there's a big report here saying that COVID nineteen has exposed an adult numeracy crisis, with tens of thousands of unemployed Scots facing bleak prospects because they find it difficult to complete basic tasks such as understanding pay slips and working out discounts. Um, there's been new, new research that found that around 74% of workers in Scotland who have lost their jobs in the crisis, that's the equivalent of 38,000 people, are likely to be oh. individuals who struggle with numeracy. The disproportionate impact is due to the serious effect the pandemic has had on sectors such as hospitality and retail, where staff with sort of um, quote-unquote lower skills are, are, are generally employed. Andy Haldane, um, he's a chief economist at Bank of England, has warned that the findings show that UK is facing a numeracy crisis. The report that was put out on this is produced by the Pro Bono Economics, PBE, and commissioned by KPMG for the Independent Charity National Numeracy. 713,000 jobs across the UK have been shed in industries employing greater numbers of people who find arithmetic a challenge. Have you found that, like, I'm not trying to pick on you, but you, you do have, like, dyslexia and dyspraxia. Have you found that COVID has made you have greater struggles with things like that? Like, maybe there's maybe there would be facilities that usually would help you with things like that, like filling out of forms and stuff that aren't available to you, or? Yeah, usually I've tried to take all that and not work with the council with that because it always took ages. But I can see where it's coming from. And the other part of like dyslexia that people never ever really cover is called dyscalculia. All right. And dyscalculia is, is the same sort of idea as dyslexia, but it's for numbers. Right. And, like, the and big do you have that also, still... Yeah, I take that box too. Is that like mutually exclusive? I, that usually, if you get dyslexia, you'd have dyscalculia also, or is that are they yeah, independent? Usually, they go hand in hand. Ash. Oh, right, like, okay. What it is is, it's the same sort of like jumping of numbers that yeah. the jumping of letters that that moves over. Right. Okay. So the dyscalculia, and a lot of people have that, and a lot like with math and stuff like that, like people are move with jobs everything is now done especially in retail on uh-huh. a system so as soon as no one no one even bothers anymore like if you look with like handwriting and things like that too like everything's moved on to digital like, handwriting and write with numbers like no one ever really yeah. concentrates on it anymore like as soon as and you're out of school you're kind of done with that even something basic like um like maybe budgeting for like sort of times ahead maybe it would be difficult for somebody that struggles with that to sort of budget put money aside for oh if my car breaks down or you know it's something of emergency it might be difficult for them to like think of that and to plan for that and like, be able to work it out on their own without having like some sort of financial assistance because i know there's somewhere next to us called financial fitness there's places like that, that are available that maybe lockdown would have meant they weren't available and like services yeah. like that you know like and i know that there's there's facilities like if you do struggle with writing or reading or whatever that you can go and somebody will help you fill out a form on your behalf and stuff but that's not like, available yeah. and stuff. Just not even things like if you need to apply for a passport or like some sort of like, licensing or whatever. Usually at the post office, you can pay for them to help you and to check it. But right now, that's not available. So it is that's... something worth thinking about that I wouldn't have personally thought of. So yeah, because with the dyslexia thing, I've got a card that says, "Will someone please help me like, fill this in?" Because yeah, and I, right now I wouldn't know where to go to because like you can't get into the council at all. 
like you, what would I do? Like go to the door and knock and ask some. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... And I guess like you're in the fortunate position that you do live with us, and so that if you did need help, we could help you definitely. But no, everybody's that lucky. Like some yeah. people might live alone, or maybe the people around them would have numeracy skills as well, lack of numeracy skills also. So it would be difficult. Because with living on your own, like I, I struggled to pay rent and stuff because I would not know how to work budgeting. numbers. Like yeah. Budgeting is not something I'm not good at, and if. That could be done, like, even, like, an online course or something mm. like that. Because, that, I, again, I think we've talked about how that's not something that's taught in schools, how to budget or anything like that. Like, that's something that I feel that should be mm-hmm. taught, like, how to budget, how to do those things. Like, they'll See, teach you, like, calculus. Well, even if you hadn't lost your job in this pandemic, if you'd been, say, like, my position that I was working in a call centre and then they send the computer home and you're working from home, if you struggle with your numeracy or literacy skills, if you're in the workplace and don't understand something, you can put your hand up. A team leader's there to answer the question. And but if you're at home and you're on your own and you're struggling with that, for some people that could be a real cause of stress and lead them to maybe want to leave their job because they don't have the support there. And even when I was working at the call centre, there was support via Teams, but people often wouldn't get back to you straight away. And like a second is like an hour when you've got a customer on hold. You know what I mean? That could be really stressful. So even things like yeah. that might be like like quite trying for people and for even people that like struggle mental health wise and they, they like having people around them when they're working that's really like draining also just to be sitting in the living room on your own on the computer not having any banter with your workmates or any stuff you're just sitting there all day long maybe maybe they're that can relate to what you're doing like even if you've got people that are working at home as well with you they, they don't understand when you see a certain things going on they don't understand how frustrating that is really like it could be quite difficult i find I wonder, like, the, yeah. the outcome of this whole year, what it's going to be on, like, long term. I mean, but not even just health concerns, but, like, mental health and, like, socially. And, like, I I just, I don't know how things are going to be. It's really interesting to me. I've been, like, listening to a book lately. Um, It's, it's called Failures of State. I can't... Oh, you went. Hello? We just lost you there at Failures of State. Oh, I sorry. I tried to look up the, the author of my book and it cut me off because I went on the Audible. Um, I've been reading this book. I'm just going to try and get the author to tell you what it is because it's really good. Failures of State, the inside story of Britain's battle with coronavirus. It's George Arbuthnot and Jonathan Calvert. And um, it talks about how when COVID hit and the response to it and all that sort of stuff and up to sort of the current point that we're at. It only just came out in March, but it's really good. So if you guys wanted to read a book about that, and I'm sure there's going to be more coming out in the future about this. It's going to be a huge thing, yeah. but this is the sort of first one I've come across that was like really good and well-researched and stuff. It's called Failures of State. Um, it's really good. Um, I'll go into another thing. It's a man's birthday today. Um, he's turned 100 years old. His name is Mr John Forrest. He's a RAF veteran. And actually, um, he was when he was in the war, do you know in the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, there's a plane hanging from the ceiling? Oh, Yeah. Aye, so this aircraft, it w- that aircraft that's there, it wasn't actually in the, the 1940 Battle of Britain, but it's like an ex- it was in the film of it, and it's so an, an exact replica of the ones that he flew. So he's in a care home at Inch Marlow House in Bancory in Aberdeenshire, um, and he's celebrating his 100th birthday today. Obviously, he can't be with his f- friends and family, so it's going to be on a sort of smaller scale in the care home, but he's still due to receive his birthday card from the Queen. Um, he's turned 100 today and he was in the Battle of Britain uh, and that plane's a, a, a duplicate of one that he would have flown. So um, I just wanted to say happy birthday to him because I thought that was quite nice. Not that he's going to listen, you know, but, you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know who also is celebrating a birthday today? Who's that? Peter Capaldi's 63 today. No way! Yeah. I just, I know that we were bringing up a, a hero of, of World War Two, then I brought up 
one of my favourite doctors. I know that PC. seems a wee bit wrong. Yeah. Um, there's so, a story here of a, a lady that you've probably seen on TV before. Her name is Anita Atkinson. She's 64 years old and she has converted her dairy farm in Weardale County, Durham to be a sort of museum of a record-breaking collection of royal family memorabilia. She's got over 12,000 items um, in her museum at, at the farm. And she is sad about the Duke of Edinburgh's passing because in the past she's been one of these people that's camped out on procession routes to get a good space for the sort of weddings and funerals of royals. Um, she's been studying them her whole life and everything. Um, and she's talking about now the William and Harry situation, which we're going to talk about a wee bit later. And she says, I hope there's a reconciliation between Harry and the rest of the family. I think this is the chance. There's not going to be another one. If they cannot reconcile and become friends again, then it's their last chance. Like speaking about the funeral, because obviously uh, Prince Harry's coming on over England alone. I think he's actually here now and he's in isolation leading up to the funeral on, on a Saturday. Um, so that's, that's probably quite true, I would imagine. Uh, Megan's not coming because she's too heavily pregnant. So I guess now could be the time for him to build bridges and stuff, but I don't know, because I've seen so. a lot of things lately that's, and I've thought this anyway, that is, you know, this has been very much Harry's decision. I saw a video on TikTok yesterday saying that it was years and years ago when he was in the army and stuff still, um, and he was saying how he hates England and it makes him depressed being there and he wants to be out of the UK and all that sort of stuff. So it's obviously been something in his mind anyway. It's not him. It's not her, it's him. If this just makes him think he's mum and all that sort of thing, like he would just want to be away from it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fair enough, let him go and whatever, but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also been a court case on an Italian man who admitted to his role in a £25 million raid at the Kensington mansion of socialite Tamara Eccleston. His name is Alessandro Donati, he's 43. He pleaded guilty at Isleworth Crown Court yesterday to a single count of conspiracy to burgle properties between November 29th and December 18th of 2019. The charge relates to burglaries, including a raid on Tamara Eccleston's London home in December 2019, in which thieves allegedly stole £25 million of jewellery and cash. Um, Tamara Eccleston's the daughter of, obviously, Bernie Eccleston from Formula One, and she was on holiday in Lapland at the time. Other alleged victims of this uh, conspiracy included former Chelsea FC player and manager Frank Lampard and his TV presenter wife, Christine. So, is he talking <clears throat> about the Prince Philip thing? Death. Yeah. We'll see. Did you see all the complaints that came in over BBC? Because as we both did, we both noticed we wanted to turn over just to catch like when the BBC went black. Yeah. So over the weekend, the BBC got a hundred thousand complaints for what they did. People are not interested in this, and not interested in the idea that them changing the whole broadcast and making the broadcast go black. Uh huh. So. The audience became, they lost 60% of the audience between 7 and 11 and because of this. And the, the funny thing about it is, they got over 100,000 complaints, but what, the last thing that got that many complaints was Jerry Springer, the opera, got 63,000 complaints in 2005. And when the Jonathan Ross, Russell Brand prank thing only got 42,000. And remember how. Like I think the big issue the with it is, is the wall-to-wall coverage. It was nothing else going on. Like It's understandable in the news channels, but just because of the fact they cut off all programming completely, um, it's probably different in normal times. But I think 
a lot of people, maybe particularly elderly people or vulnerable people that are stuck at home, might rely on their TV as like a bit of company or whatever, and just to sit and be watching that like all day long about somebody dying and whatever when you're in the middle of a tough time anyway, maybe it might not be the best thing. Like I don't know, but I don't know. But speaking of old people, what? Um, sorry, what? Oh, nothing. It's okay. Um, speaking of old people, a group of pensioners, including an 82-year-old grandmother, have been fined for antisocial behaviour for attending a friend's 70th birthday party. Um, it took place in a village of Eaglesham in Renfrewshire, which I didn't know was a place. Um, police confirmed they'd been called out to the party amid reports of breach of restrictions and issued seven fixed penalty notices under the Antisocial Behaviour Act. Robert Watson, who was celebrating his 70th birthday, and several others at the event received the same penalty. Um, so the, the reason they found out about this is because one of the ladies, <clears throat> her name is Maureen Hogg, who's 82, her granddaughter tweeted, I didn't actually seen this, she wrote, howling that my 82-year-old grand got a COVID fine because she got caught at a gaff for someone's 70th, taken home by the police. She's who I aspire to be 82. So all them elderly people um, got a fines under the, the ASBO <laughs> notice, which I thought was like the funniest thing. But... Granny ASBO? ASBO Granny, a, for sure. Lot. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Um, also, if I can go into the royal family since we're talking about it, the um, Prince Andrew, he has had his history, as we know. On his sixtieth so birthday fair. last year, he was due to be promoted to admiral, but he offered to defer it until he cleared his name in front of public duties after his his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein and all this sort of stuff surrounding that. Um, but now he's causing apparently ructions in the palace because he wants to attend his father's funeral in his uniform as admiral. Um, and the thing I thought was quite sad, it said the widowed queen, which sounds sad. Um, she's going to have to yeah. make a decision in the next 24 hours as to whether he's allowed to wear that or not. I mean, I don't know why he's making a fuss about it. I would just, if I were him, I'd just keep my head down and wear whatever the queen told me to wear. But I, I want to know what that goes like. Does he phone his man? Look, man, can I dress as an admiral? He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's a, an idea. Yeah. Is that just more medals then? More medals, Admiral Andrew. There's a picture of him here, Dodd dressed up at it, and he looks like a penguin. Um, there's a, an article in the Daily Mail from Amanda Platel. Platel, sorry if I mispronounced that. She's talking about uh, the, the headline is "Ask yourself if you were William, could you forgive Harry?" It's talking about with um Harry being over for the funeral. The what's it going to be like? The relationship between the brothers? Are they going to fight and whatever? Um, some journalists and, and media outlets are sort of touting Kate is going to be the peacekeeper between them both, and and making sure no fights happen and everything like that. But I don't think there's going to be any opportunity for that to be honest I've got, I really have a feeling that Harry's going to come here attend his grandest funeral and I think he's going to bounce really rapidly I don't think he's going to hang about for any period of time I think they're both going to be in their like, official roles and taking place and whatever I don't think they're going to yeah. try and cause any eruptions because the Queen's going through what she's going through and from what they both said like, they absolutely adore the Queen and like they don't want to cause any issue so I think they're going to just leave it and deal with it later on and I think that royal collector lady is going to be disappointed. It, this could have been a good opportunity for them to come together as a family, but I don't really see it. It's not really the time for it when he has to come. He's just going to his grandson's funeral. He'll show his face because, like, you got to be there for your grand. Because what's I wonder how long will they still I wonder what will happen when they've got their, their new wee baby. If they'll bring it back to Britain or what it will be because. I don't, like, the Queen won't exactly go to California to visit the Wayne. It's not as if it's like a normal granny that would go visit its grandmother or whatever. They need to bring it here to see her. Yeah. The Queen has no interest in going to in and out. Yeah. 
And speaking of the Duke of Edinburgh, there's um, a wee article here on on his coffin. Um, he's going to be buried in an English oak coffin that was made more than three decades ago in the event of his death. It said, the coffin is so old that no one at the royal family's undertakers knows when exactly it was made. The director of Leverton and Sons, Andrew Leverton, said yesterday that his firm, which dates back to 1789, uh, had actually inherited Prince Philip's coffin in 1991 along with the Queen. So they'd made it a really long time ago and just sort of kept it aside in a just-in-case. Um, the coffin will be laid in the royal crypt at St George's Chapel in Windsor until the Queen's death. And I think he's actually lying in state just now at the chapel. Um, obviously, I obviously can't visit and stuff like that. And, and there's a thing here, the the mayor of Windsor and Maidenhead, John Story, has asked um, that mourners stay away and stuff like that and pay their respects at home. And the funeral will be broadcast on television and stuff like that, and people don't attend. People still will. People will be outside that church, as you know. Yeah, they will be. There's also an article in the Mail today um, titled How to Use Your Vote to Help Secure the Union and they've broken down each of the Scottish constituencies saying who the incumbent is, what the majority was, who the second place was, what the constituency is party-wise and what it is regional-wise. Um, the one for Greenock, I'll just read out, the incumbent obviously is SNP at the moment, majority of 8,230. Second place for it was Labour. The swing needed to go from SNP to Labour is 13.5%. It says local teacher Francesca Brennan is standing for Labour in this seat, which fell to the Nationalists in 2016. She will have to overturn Stuart McMillan's 8,000 vote majority, no mean feat, but pro-union voters should know she is their best choice. And tactical vote, the Daily Mail is saying, constituency, vote Labour, regionalist, vote Conservative. Um, we'll be interviewing Francesca Brennan and we'll, we'll ask her, we'll pose this question to her of, of that as well. But if you look at this list... I'll just, Argyll and Butte, um, the, so the constituency, I'll say first, the regional second. Argyll and Butte, they're recommending Liberal Dem and then Conservative. Caithness, Sunderland and Ross, Liberal Democrat, then Conservative. Nell and Shar, uh, Labour, then Conservative. Inverness and Nairn, Conservative, Conservative. Moray, Conservative, Conservative. Orkney, Lib Dem, Conservative. Shetland, Lib Dem, Conservative. Skylar Carbon, Badnock, Lib Dem, Conservative. West Scotland, Clydebank, Mogai, Labour, Conservative. Cunningham North. Uh, conservative, conservative. I won't go through them all. You can see a pattern. You can see how the Daily Mail would like you to vote. Um, I'll leave is it that, at that. Is that a get the SNP out? Yes, it's, kind it of... is. Um, the the Mail's also got an article on parliamentary emails apparently being less secure than Gmail, according to a senior Tory MP. Um, Tom Tuggins hat was told by GCHQ that he was better off sticking to Gmail rather than his Westminster account. He was among MPs hit with sanctions in, by Beijing in retaliation for British measures imposed over human rights abuses in the Xinjiang province. He told Radio 4 Today programme, I was told by friends at GCHQ, not formally I admit, that I was better off sticking to Gmail rather than using the parliamentary system because it was more secure. Frankly, that tells you the level of security and the priority we are giving to democracy in the United Kingdom. Last week, he was hit by a cyber attack when an email was sent to a foreign affairs committee of which he is chairman, announcing his resignation. He said at the time, this is what China's psyops, psy psychological operations, look like. The email was believed to come from a personal AOL account impersonating Mr Tugginghat, not his parliamentary address. Um, and a parliamentary spokesman says the, the system offers significantly higher levels of security than external providers. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um so that's Gmail, but you would rather use Gmail than... Yeah. And see on the Royals as well, you know how you always see on TV in the Crown or whatever and people sort of have the assumption and talk about 
that the Queen and Prince Philip slept in separate bedrooms. Mm. Um, the thing here, um, the Duke's old valet, John Dean, said that that was absolutely not true and referred to the incidents where Michael Fagan uh, broke in in 1982 and said it just so happened that the Duke of Edinburgh wasn't at home that evening because when they were sleeping under the same roof, the Queen and Prince Philip usually did, in fact, share a room. They had, like, when they moved into Clarence House in 1949, they had separate rooms, but there was a door adjoining them because um, that was what they and their staff would have expected. Um, and it was sort of a natural thing to do because previous monarchs had done it and stuff to have their own space and so they would sometimes sleep separately but generally they would in fact sleep in the same bed like you know married couples would so I thought it was interesting Yeah I was always under the impression they had their own studies and that was what they did yeah. after you I would love to have my own bedroom and not have to sleep with my husband it just takes up the whole bed and they sweat I woke up last night and there was sliver all down my shoulder, down my neck, everything it was disgusting Nice. What he does? He, he, does he still sweat? It was like, I, middle it was, of bed? Like my, my shoulder, and my neck was like absolutely soaking, and he was just leaning his big head over it and just snoring, slavering on me. Like it's just, it, it's a beast. I can so if I don't have music on, I can hear him snore through the wall, which is it's atrocious. Um, I'll go into something else as well. A Cambridge graduate who called for all Jews to be killed bought a banned bomb-making manual on Amazon, a court order heard. Highly intelligent former mass student Oliver Bell, 23, was raided by police after tip-off about extremist material he was posting online under the name Valencian, a jury was told. Anti-terror officers found SS memorabilia at his home, but were shot when the fresh-faced graduate told them, I've got the anarchist cookbook on my bedroom shelf. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. He said that the court heard how he kept posting racist and homophobic rants reported to police by his Pembroke College tutor, Andrew Cates, after he graduated. Jurors were told Bell had Asperger's, um, but Mr Allman said he knew precisely what he was doing. Bell pleaded not guilty to possessing a document or record useful to a person committing or preparing to commit an act of terrorism, and the trial's continuing. But the, the, like, the anarchist cookbook, I don't know that that's a, a straight admission or, or straight sign that somebody's going to do something. Like, I've known, like, some punks and stuff like that that just bought that and sit on their shelves, like, to look like yeah. hard men. Like, I, I don't know about that. The anarchist cookbook used to sit in Virgin Megastores beside the Satanic Bible. It was just that sort of edgy book to have, if you know uh, what I mean. It's kind of like a, a bit of merch or something like that. Like, yeah. I, I, but, but I guess if he was writing things about, like, wanting to kill Jews and stuff like that, like, I... Now, I he get caught with that, and I, I think that he just was like, I want to be a a terrorist and we just collecting memorabilia on how to do it if you know what I mean yeah um, there's also one here that I thought you'd find interesting a primary teacher who groped a female colleague's breast on a school trip has been struck off Kenneth MacDonald was watching a film with the woman after the pupils had gone to bed the woman was sitting on her bed and was then joined by MacDonald who pulled down her top and began kissing her breast he stopped only when she said what the hell are you doing he apologised the next day but told her, I've got something chunky for you in reference to a chocolate. A hearing of the General Teaching Council for Scotland ruled he had to be struck off after deciding he was unfit to teach. Details regarding the name and location of the junior school were not made public and he's unable to reply for re-registration as a teacher for two years. <laughs> like, I know it's not funny and it's assault and everything, but he was like obviously yeah. pissed on a school trip and like thought that she was interested and she's like, no. And that's him lost his career. Pretty much for yeah, next for years. been an idiot for two seconds. Yeah. Another Off thing as well that's about. going to annoy you. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to tell you the name of the person and you can make a snap judgment about them. Okay. A girl called Fiji Willits. So what do you think Fiji Willits is going to be like? She's going to be very rich and she's going to be talking about like something that she puts on her face to make herself... It's going to be hipstery and annoying. Right. Is she going to be drinking her own pee or something? Here we go. When she signed up to study animal management, vegan Fiji Willits didn't realise yep. it would include farm work and have to visit an abattoir. The student, who says she is anti-farming, was shocked to find out what her diploma courses involve and demanded changes. Miss Willits, 18, says she was warned that refusing to take the animal husbandry module would result in automatically failing her BTEC, but she will now be able to continue her studies as a result of a campaign assisted by the Vegan Society claiming the college had not complied with equality law. South Gloucestershire and Stroud College has agreed that Miss Willits can, can skip animal husbandry and take a more suitable module. The teenager from Bristol, who also took her case to the Education and Skills Funding Agency, said, I am vegan because I love animals, so to attend a farm where I'd be supporting a farmer would be wrong. I couldn't simply break my way of living purely to pass a course. I would have been denied a college education. I hope I can now be an example to other vegans so they don't have to go through the ordeal I went through. I am pretty much vegan and I hate other vegans. You know that? Mm -hmm. But on that though, what do you expect? This is something I I remember talking to someone I was in school with that loved animals so much. They went and became a vet and now they spend their days putting down animals yeah that's what, what they do so what's going to happen when she qualifies and with her was it called animal management the kind of jobs that's going to be available to her surely are going to be jobs where she'd have to put down animals is that not why they would be sent to do a unit like that animal ma- yeah animal management would be going here's this is how you would deal with animals on mass like she you know or... i think i think a friend of mine might have actually done that course i might ask her about it and, and see i wish a course like it anyway and there's also another one on a crazy criminal person. A high-ranking military officer accused of a year-long campaign of domestic abuse that included threatening to kill the family dog has been found not guilty. Lieutenant Colonel Simon Bloodworth, who was accused of tracking his wife Lisa and controlling her during their marriage, left Perth Sheriff Court with an unblemished record following a trial before Sheriff Neil Bowie. Lieutenant Colonel Bloodworth, 48, of Invergordon, Russia, admitted to using a computer tracker to find his wife in a supermarket car park when she initially left him with the couple's children in November 2019. The trial had the couple were divorcing and Lieutenant Colonel Bloodworth and his wife drinking had caused serious difficulty during the relationship. Jesus Christ. See, on the... as This was the first thing that I showed you on the Sunday, like, since you were mm. talking about that. There were two guys arrested for bestiality in Aberdeen who oh. were... Who says that the, both of them were in love with, a, with the same horse. What? And over, over three months... Can you just clarify what publication this is from before we start? This, this is from The Sun. This okay. was the front page. And outrage at farmyard perverts of horse abuse. It's a 20-year-old and a 28-year-old, I'm not going to name, that are up in Aberdeen. They have been going to a field and molesting a horse over the last three months. Someone's caught them. Oh, and God. They're not allowed to be near any animals for the pretty much for the rest of their life and they're now a tip-off line for the SPCA that if you see anyone abusing animals to phone and what they were saying one of them is actually saying that he was actually just riding the horse and it's been a mistake but the other one came full out because he had videos and things so one was saying that he wasn't doing it it's disgusting 
That's not right. Um, there's a topic I want to talk about, and I don't want to be offensive to anyone because it's just it's about um like how you refer to black people. It's just an article that I want to like talk about. I'm not wanting to be offensive to anybody, so I'm sorry. Um, but this article says there's a gentleman called Robert Clark who went through an employment tribunal, um, because what the people were calling racism. Um, he was describing black people as quote unquote coloured, and he said that for his generation, the older generation, that's just good manners in his view. Um, and he and a judge said a judge said as he rejected the cleaner's claim for discrimination, Robert Clark, um, an employee tribunal judge, said that white people of a certain age who had no multicultural acquaintances often used the outdated language in an attempt not to offend. The judge said that some people from that demographic assumed that quote unquote coloured was acceptable because of less polite alternatives. Um, his comments came in ruling after a black cleaner launched a harassment claim when a white colleague used the word. Ryan Justin was working night shifts for Atlas Limited, which provided cleaning services to Pure Gym's fitness centre in Derby. The tribunal was told that Justin became enraged after seeing a comment left by another cleaner saying three coloured guys were messing around. The note had been written by um, Mark Pell after an incident in which three men had allegedly been misbehaving in the gym. In this day and age, do you feel it's appropriate even to say, oh, I don't have any, you know, I'm of a certain age, I've got no acquaintances that are black, so that's how I refer to them. I don't think that's good enough. I think you need to make more of an effort than that. What, what do you think? I could expect my nan or someone saying that sort of thing. Like, older people, like, that's a generational thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think you need but, to make more of an effort. You can't, like, I mean, like, that just be like using the N-word and being like, oh, I'm a certain generation, that's what we said back in the 50s yeah, or whatever. That, that doesn't make it okay. No, it doesn't. People... But those people are watching TV and learn through TV and they know that's not right. Like, yeah. They know that it's... they fully know that they fully know that times are changing and like I I don't think that's good enough. I think like some should have went further from that. I don't believe that should have been dismissed. It's not acceptable just to be like I'm of a certain age, so that's how I'm going to behave. No, no, but that's not acceptable. That's what we did in my generation. Yeah, no, that's not acceptable. Yeah, you need to learn. There's another one as well that I wanted to touch on just at the same time as this. Again, I'm not meaning to offend anyone with this. I'm just reading from the article. A TV channel was rebuked by Ofcom after presenters of a cookery show repeatedly used the phrase quote-unquote ching chong to describe a Chinese-inspired meal. The recipe for quote-unquote ching chong yusao, a variation of a popular Gujarati curried bean dish, was broadcast on Colours Rishti, an entertainment channel caught with Indian viewers in the UK. The watchdog investigated after a complaint that the host and guest chef on Rasal's show used a mock Chinese accent to discuss the recipe. Uh, the broadcaster insisted the name of the dish was intended to be complementary to Chinese cuisine and indicated its fusion heritage. It added that ching chong was not widely understood as a demeaning slur in India. Oh, it's just. But just surely no, you the don't... UK channel, they've got like British producers or somebody involved in that process that would have been like, no, do not say that. That's like it might not be offensive in India or to like an Indian audience, but in, in a UK audience or maybe somebody yeah. raised in the UK with an Indian background, that's offensive. Do not say that. Yeah, that is definitely offensive. Yeah. You can't get away with that sort of thing. Not good. Um, is there anything else you want to cover just now for a... So are we still on... Well, I know that you like doing the things with Christie's and stuff like that. Yeah. You... So Sotheby's is actually selling a first pair of Kanye West Yeezys when he was with Nike. And they are How going to... The these are actually prototypes. These are ones that he wore on stage at the Grammys in two thousand eight, and they're they're going for a million dollars. A million dollars is a starting price. So these will be. 
actually become the most expensive trainers ever sold because beforehand the most expensive trainers that they've sold have been a pair of Jordan Air One Air Jordan Ones which sold for four hundred and eight, which was actually worn by him in a game and signed. So the Yeezys will be more expensive than that. That's crazy. Then that's just for a pair of pair of shoes, pair of trainers, pretty much, hey. That's wild. I'm and sure that... Sorry? Sorry. You can keep going. I want to... I'll just check something and I'll go. But you go. No, that was the ones that we've seen before. The, I think... Oh, what's her name again? Celine Dion's son was wearing. And you called me in to ask what they were. Oh, right, okay. So the person that actually has them are, is a Hong Kong businessman. And he's more interested in them being an art piece. And they're actually being on show in Hong Kong at the minute. For people just to come in and look at them. Ryan Chang, his name is. Mm-hmm. Just to come in and look at Just come in and look at the shoes. Because it was a change of of the world when with these easy ones prototype. Um, I wanted to talk about um, Ramadan as well, because that started yesterday, I think. I Yesterday, Ramadan started April 13th. Uh, it's going to go into the 12th of May. Um, and what I wanted to talk about was there's a person running for Erdogan Shots Westminster by-election. Um, Anim Krazer Javed is her name, and you can find her, because what I found her on was TikTok, because she's going through and like, doing all the hustings and campaigning and all that sort of stuff doing really long hours, um, but she's like participating in Ramadan, so she doesn't eat like all day long, she doesn't eat till like, it's, like dawn to dusk, she can't eat, so she goes up like at four o'clock in the morning um, and has something to eat then, and then she fasts all day long and has to wait till she finishes a long day of work to have her iftar and, and like break her fast. And like, imagine working really hard days like that and being out all day long and doing all that stuff and not being able to eat, not being able to drink, nothing. Like, I just get like so much respect for that. Um, and on the thing, because obviously people make pilgrimages to Mecca, um, and they walk around the Holy Shrine Kaaba in the Grand Mosque. Um, and it, in Saudi Arabia, it says only vaccinated worshippers are permitted to perform the annual pilgrimage to Mecca yesterday, as social distance prayers mark the start of Ramadan. Islam's holy month of fasting. Lockdowns across the world prevented many from attending the mosque for Tarawih prayers uh, when the fast the day's fast ends. That's a lot. Like, that's yeah. a lot of data. Like... Because I've seen videos of people <clears throat> visiting the Kaaba before. And like you see, it's like literally hundreds of thousands of people walk around it. Like as if you walk around it a whole bunch of times, and there's like underground tunnels, um, where they have to like walk back and forth to mount because it was like a it's like something that I think in the Quran, um, where like a mother or something had to walk. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. I'm sorry if I said your religion, but they had to walk back and forth between the mountain and, and the the grand the, the Kaaba at the Grand Mosque to fetch water or something, so that they have to walk back and forth there a whole bunch of times, and then go back and like walk around it again. And when they first go in. Men have to like have a haircut. They have to wash. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff they have to do. And usually, it's like when I've seen videos, it's hundreds of thousands of people packed together. But these pictures from yesterday, um, you just see other people and they're like really far spaced out, and it looks like a totally different place. Like it's like yeah. there's still hundreds of people there, but they're really really far spaced out. So they've went to, like great efforts to make sure that people can still come and participate and like in do their pilgrimage and stuff, which I think is super cool. But I feel like I so much respect for people that are like fasting like the way this lady is and like running yeah. for the by-election and stuff like that that's got to be hard work and for everybody I suppose then it's hard work for everyone they must get like so lethargic and tired and everything but like that's that's crazy so I've got a little question for you what yeah. do you what do you take as just like a wee simple pleasure what's a simple pleasure for you something that you just like you don't have to pay money for it just something 
that. What, like a bath or a new book or something? Yeah, like? because one poll is asked over 10,000 people what is their little simple pleasures in life. And mm-hmm. I've got a list of 50, and I'll just read the first 10 and tell me mm-hmm. what ones you enjoy yourself. Feeling the sun in your face, sleeping in a freshly made bed, waking up when it's sunny, a nice dinner, being in the countryside, smelling and seeing trees, and listening to your favourite songs and long walks. These are just wee things that they want people to do or let people enjoy, which none of them cost. I like being near water and the wind in my face. I'm like a water person. I like doing that. I like this. I love the smell of like plants and trees. Like even you go into the country and you smell that. Mm -hmm. It's always been. And I love water on my feet. Like if I put my, like the kind of lash of it. Um, I've seen an advert as well in the a few of these papers. Fifty pence hot drinks exclusively on the Costa app. Tuesday thirteenth to Thursday fifteenth of April. So I don't know if you guys are ever going to go to Costa or anything, but get the wee app. Apparently there's fifty p drinks. Get into that. I'll be up for that. Yeah, Walk over. Get, I get, get a wee, wee drinky. Um, that's all I've got for today. Do you have anything else before we say goodbye? No, that's all. Look, the only thing is on the leadership thing from last night. That we, yeah. Was there were people outside from the Alba party? They went to the STV studios to protest that well, the Alba party should be there, but it wasn't mm-hmm. actually. But it wasn't actually filmed in the the studios. It was yeah. filmed at like WSG three. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of funny that there were people outside like saying we should we should let us in and let us be on it because they weren't actually there. Dumbass. All right, well, we'll head off now. Um, we're going to be back on Saturday night for We Random Chat. We'll be back on Sunday for the Sunday Brunch newspapers. Bear in mind, though, next Monday the 19th is your last day to register for voting in person for the upcoming Scottish elections on the 6th of May. The 27th, the following week on the Tuesday, is if you're having a proxy vote or the closing date. So do get that sorted this week so it's all done in time if you haven't already. Um, thank you so much to our sponsors, the Inverclay Boiler Company, and to everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. This is going to be uploaded now on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the usual bits. Um, but yep. thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And thank and you, we'll... Ash, for... Yeah, thank you, William, for joining me. We'll catch you on Saturday. All right, see you Saturday. Bye. Bye. Bye.